This is Lee from BowlerX.com. If you're looking for the best prices and service after the sale on the Internet for bowling balls, shoes, bags, and accessories, come check out BowlerX.com. We carry products from all the major manufacturers, including Brunswick, Storm, Deviate, Ebonite, Dexter, and KR Strike Force, among others. We also carry pro shop supplies from Innovative, Turbo, Jayhawk, Vice, and more. All in-stock orders ship out to you the same day. And best of all, we ship your items fully insured for free. That's right. We don't charge for shipping on any item we sell. We also don't charge you a restocking fee if you need to ship an item back to us. We're also not going to ask you to waste your money on drilling insurance or an extended warranty. If your item is defective from the manufacturer, BowlerX will replace it at no additional charge. Why should you pay extra for this peace of mind? Look for BowlerX.com at the 2012 USBC Open Championships in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. In conjunction with the event, we will be awarding one lucky winner with a $500 gift certificate, good for anything we carry. Simply go to www.bowlerx.com between February 10th and June 30th, 2012 to register. We'd also like to congratulate John Tassano of Seabeck, Washington, who was the winner of our $750 Brunswick Arsenal giveaway. John walked away with four high-performance balls from Brunswick and a KR Strike Force four-ball roller bag. BowlerX.com is the online bowling superstore and a proud sponsor of Above180.com. Jet Bowling is a proud sponsor for Above180.com. Want your score to soar with a new Jet Altitude or any other great ball in the current lineup? Go to JetBowling.com, enter coupon Above180, and listeners can get a great discount. Jet Bowling, taking your game to a maximum altitude. Above180.com, taking your bowling game to the next level. Tim Berg and Joey Serrar are ready to hit the lanes, approaching the issues that you, the bowler, want to know. From the latest equipment reviews and coaching to drilling layouts. Now, from Washington, D.C. and the Bowlers Pro Shop in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, here are your hosts, Tim Berg and Joey Serrar. Joining us today is Bill Hall. Bill is a USBC certified coach, an award-winning writer for Bowlers Journal Magazine and Bowling This Month Magazine. Since his start as a ball driller in 1977, Hall ventured into bowling ball dynamics and design, has traveled with the PBA as a ball rep, and started his own bowling ball company on two different occasions. Bill has been named the official coach of the four showcase lanes that will be installed on the second level of the Baton Rouge River Center during the 2012 USBC Championships. Bill, Tim Berg, and Joe Serrar, thank you for joining us today. And Thank you for having me. I really do appreciate it. Uh, I'll start today's show with, with a question regarding your, uh, let's say, ball play. You began in the 1980s uh, with the PBA on their ball truck. Uh, you want to kind of tell us a little bit about that? Uh, it was basically a rate, uh, rolling pro shop where we hauled about 300 bowling balls, brand new bowling balls from tournament to tournament. Uh, then the companies would ship bowling balls to us at the next place because we drilled about an average of 300 to 350 bowling balls per week for the professionals. Uh, it was basically... You got to you got to uh, drill the bowling balls. You would load up everything for the PBA, uh, all their equipment, and then you would unload it at the next stop and go through everything all over again. And it was, but it was a great experience. I mean, it, it really launched my career. Without 
the hiring by Larry Lickstein, who knows, I'd probably probably be pumping gas somewhere right now. So, you know, for me, it was, it was a great launching pad. So that was, yeah, exactly, a good way to get into the sport. And uh, what better way than with the PBA players? Uh, working with them in your initial few years, uh, there, is there anything that or anyone that stands out to you? Um. Well, I mean, the first couple of years, really, I mean, it's it, the tour at that time was completely different than it is now. Uh, basically, you were an outsider for a while until people realized whether you were going to stay there for a little while or not, because uh, a lot of players at that time, a lot of staff at that time were in and out because it wasn't, it's not like it was a simple life. It's very, very complicated, and you're from one place to the next constantly. Uh, but I gotta say, when, when I first went out on tour, uh, one of my first friends that I made was Amleto Monticelli, um, Amleto Monticelli, who ended up being a Hall of Famer and a great player. Uh, he was my first roommate. Um, when he, we first met, he spoke no English other than yes, no. So, uh, we, we, I would teach him English at nighttime, and him, he and I still stay in contact through this day. And, um, but the, I mean, he, we made each other comfortable on tour because we're basically the outsiders when we first hit the tour. So if anything, he's a standout because just because, you know, we comforted each other at a time when you're hitting the professional level, it's really, uh, it's really not as easy as people think. So Bill, you developed the blue hammer, which ended up being the highest selling uh, urethane bowling ball by volume in history. Uh, talk about how now, really, we've kind of come full circle in into the fact that urethane is making uh, a comeback with bowlers uh, just to keep the lanes to them and not uh, get that high skid flip reaction or, or that hooking off the lane that you see a lot of times from the reactive resin bowling balls. Yeah, well, you know, I, I had a big part with the Blue Hammer uh, because they gave us 16 different formulas and I kept telling them what I'd like, what I didn't like. And really, you hit the nail on the head. We've gone completely full circle. Uh, the urethanes, we went from polyester bolo balls uh, with different textures, such as a little bit harder, a little bit softer as far as the compression of them, um, into urethanes. Urethanes had their cycle for approximately, um, I would say, nine to ten years. And then we hit the reactive resins. And uh, that's basically what everybody's throwing now, where the surface of the ball heats up at the very last moment and creates a lot of movement of, of the bubble ball on the back end. And now what the problem with those is, is they do take the oil off the lane quickly. Well, with that happening, people have realized that, you know, you can't just have one look on the lane and one type of ball surface anymore. So now we're literally coming back to what we had 30 years ago and that's the urethane bowling ball and uh if you don't have one in your bag you're definitely giving something up nowadays because uh, you just need it off um you need something to be able to make playable once the lanes break down to a part where you're just not comfortable and you can't cre either create the speed or be able to you know get a consistent roll on the ball in the back end. So you got to have something much more predictable and it's brought everybody back to urethane. So in other words, Bill, you feel there's a, a definite place for urethane in the market due to the, let's say, inconsistencies that reactive resins can present. 
what about core design and core shape? Did, did you play a lot with uh, different core numbers in, in the same cover stack? Uh, we played, uh, especially back when we started really messing around with urethane. And, but right now, people are doing that. It, it, just like there were advancements in, in the, from the first generation, let's say, of reactor resins, there's been a huge advan uh, advancement in the technology of urethane. So now, 30 years ago, you couldn't put really too many different cores with it because it just didn't quite have that um, that technology that you were able to adjust the cores with different ratios and things like that. But now you can. So yeah, everybody's you can you can play with them. You can you can use some uh, your basic designs that are in the reactive resins and then tweak them a little bit and still get them to be able to be effective with uh, with urethane. So, yeah, it's it's all changed. I mean, technology has done so many things. Okay, Bill, again, Bill Hall joining us on the Above180.com podcast. Bill, want to switch gears a little bit and talk about you and your uh, working with the USBC Open down in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. You are going to be part of the uh, showcase lanes. So you are going to be helping bowlers. They can sign up for a coaching session with yourself or they can do a practice session with their team. And you're going to be helping bowlers bowl on the USBC Open pattern. Why don't you talk about what bowlers can expect when they come down and visit you at the USBC Open? Well, first of all, USBC, I got to say, I got a chance to take a look at the lanes the other day and the way it's all set up, and they've they've got a private meeting for our, me to be able to take the players back behind. We're working on a few things to add into that into that meeting room so that we can make it the best experience possible. But really, what they can expect is, uh, which fits in for what I've been doing for basically about the last 14 years is traveling overseas and working with international teams and teaching them how to break the lanes down properly, how to understand your equipment, and how to adjust off of each other. One of the biggest problems that you see, especially when you start playing with team events and things like that, uh, is players that get a penalty in open frame because they didn't read off of the player, their own teammate in front of them. So that always brings scores down. It always comes down to just a few pins as to whether you're going to be in the top or, or whether you're not. So we're really going to focus on that quite a bit. And really, uh, I was speaking with a few of the USBC officials the other day, and uh, they've allowed me the latitude to customize with each group that comes in because I'm going to leave it up to each group. You know, they're not at all at, at, all at the same level. So you're going to have some players that are, you know, you can go a little bit in one direction, and some players you have to go in a little bit different direction. And we're working on a, an outline right now as to for the players to fill out so we can accommodate them. Really, that's what this is going to be all about. What is best for the player that has taken the, the chance and the opportunity to get on the lanes and get a little bit of a head start at the tournament? So, Bill, do you think this year's tournament, being on a brand-new lane surface, could pose more of an issue with, say, the oil transition and ball choices compared to last year being in Reno on an older synthetic surface that has a little bit of a broken-in type finish? Well, that's one of the reasons that right now, and you are correct, I mean, there's a huge difference between newer surfaces and older surfaces. 
but right now, that's why they're taking every precaution of cleaning the lanes, getting them as cleaned as possible. And, of course, no matter what oil pattern they put down, the lane surface will change within the next couple of months. There's just nothing you can do about that, regardless whether you had only plastic bowling balls, rubber bowling balls, reactor resin, urethane. It's wear and tear. It's very simple. So the surface of the lane is going to change, and it will make the oil pattern change, change its characteristics. So that's one of the things I want to keep up on while I'm there is uh, luckily uh, we've arranged where Kegel will be able to give me graph readings as to the breakdown of the oil pattern, and I'm going to have them done on a, week, on a, on a weekly basis and basically track the characteristics so people can know more about it by the time they hit the building. You can oil a lane one way in your home center, oil the lane the exact same way at USBC, and the characteristics are going to be different because the lane surfaces are different. So really that's a great question and a great statement right there because people do need to be aware of that. And until you do the practice at USBC, you really won't know uh, the overall true characteristics because the lane surfaces are going to be different than what you have at home. Right, and, and that's so true. You know, no matter how close you try and put out a pattern uh, in your home house, it may not play exactly like Nationals. So what other challenges do, do you see uh, bowlers possibly encountering on the lanes compared to years past? I mean, with a brand new surface, you say within a couple months that surface will change and will change in, in what direction, in that friction will be built into the pattern? Um, I, normally, and it is, again, it's characteristics. Uh, everybody tries to look for the formula. There is no formula. Um, it, it depends on what the players that come in from the beginning, what are they going to do? Are they going to start off with highly aggressive sanded bowling balls? Um, are they going to start off with shinier bowling balls? Are they going to try and play them like their house pattern at home? I mean, you, 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 unless once the characteristic is built in by the players, because really that's who's going to build and change the characteristics of the surface is the players. So until they get in the building, really, I, my best piece of advice would be for everybody, get in there a little bit early. Get in, if you can get there a day early, I would take that opportunity to sit up in the stands, spend a little time, be able to watch the lanes, be able to come in and with us at Showcase Lanes and, and put everything together because, you know, it's it's really going to be what generation of bowling balls your players throwing. Are they new bowling balls, old bowling balls, urethanes, modern urethanes? It's all going to have a, an effect. That's why, you know, don't put your focus completely on a oil pattern. The characteristics will change in which direction. We really don't know. I mean, it's just going to be a matter of who does what on the lanes first. Again, Bill Hall joining us. And another great thing, Bill, that the USBC does is they uh, webcam a lot of the uh, bowling, uh, the higher-profile bowlers, so you can watch their reaction and try to get a gauge on how the lanes are playing for them. Uh, again, though, like you said, great advice to watch ahead of time. Uh, Want to get your thoughts and reaction. Uh, this week, the USBC announced some changes starting in 2013, mainly that uh, for you're going to have fresh oil for team and at the start of doubles, 
along with they're going to put six bowlers on the pair, and you're not going to flip-flop the lanes like you do now between doubles and singles. I want to get your thoughts on this because I know one of the things a lot of bowlers say right now is it, it kind of takes luck to win an eagle a little bit. There's there's the skill of bowling, but then it also depends on who you follow for your doubles and singles and how the lanes break down. So I want to get your initial reaction to that and then your thoughts on also really what it takes right now to win an eagle. Well, I mean, my thoughts on the, what they're doing with the changes of, of uh, oil in the lanes fresh, you know, I, I think it's a smart move. Right now you have players that, you know, you, here's one of the issues that's facing the industry right now is players are basically the image of the player is being eliminated because it, it's they, if they bowl well, they give the credit to the bowling ball. If they don't bowl well, they complain about the oil pattern or who who they cross with or the lane surface. Well, you know, if they don't take you off of a pair and you're able to, you believe me, within the 15 to 10, 10 to 15 minutes, you can alter a, a pair to fit your needs in the best way you want to bowl. So I believe that they're actually trying to put the onus back on the player, put the, put the responsibility of the performance more towards the player. So for me, I believe it, I, I believe it's a smart move. It's it's something that we need to do um, because players, you know, well, I, I crossed with a power player and he ruined me because I was I was lined up here. I went to the next pair and he tore tore the oil down. Well, you know, if you're on your own pair, you can't really complain much about that. As far as I, I forgot to. Last part of that question? Oh, no, the last part of that question was you hear uh, what it takes to win an Eagle this year uh, and, and in years past as, as uh, you are following bowlers, and uh, it just kind of is a little it's, – it's a challenge because, like you said, if you cross with a power player, if a power player bowls in front of you, the lanes are challenging. If you bowl like, follow a classified team for doubles and singles, the outside and the lanes play a little different. So just talk about how bowlers can, can kind of fight through that these last couple of years before we see this change. Well, what I would suggest a player does is uh, you've got to, if you have some friends that you trust, do what they do, or a teammate that you trust, spot the next pair. Just like everybody else does, they send down, we say it's called spotting the next pair, but you send down basically a spot. See what how many bowling balls are going down the lane that are new. See how many bowling balls are going down the lane that are sanded, where the better players are playing. Um, what what style or characteristics of players that are on that pair fit your teammates so that you can help line up before you even get there. To go on the next pair blindly uh, usually costs you a few frames. And as I mentioned earlier, it really only comes down to a couple, a couple uh, frames here and there, and, you know, you're either in or you're out. So uh, that's really what you got to do. And one thing that a player can do right now while they're at home Spend twice as much time shooting as spares because you are going to leave them, and they do mean everything at this level. To get to the eagle, you're going to have to be at your top performance, and missing a spare is not going to be at your top performance. Uh, Jeff Riggles is a great spare shooter and a, a good player. So, you know, that's why if you look, he's got a lot of awards. The, the guy knows how to play the game. He's a smart player and a very consistent player. And he knows how to make spares. So those are the things that you have to put together if you want to reach that top. Yes, uh, you know, Bill, this is uh, Joe again. I totally agree with your 
concept on shooting spares, uh, it seems until the strike, let's say, plan on the lane opens up and, and you have something to throw at, you're going to have to fill every frame, <coughs> and every frame becomes very, very important. Uh, in regards to the, the changes that are being made by USBC, it, to me, it's, it's a welcome change. Uh, it's going to begin next year, so, I mean, it, it's being implemented right away. But I think all of these changes are going to help the sport. Uh, it's going to help this tournament grow uh, in that uh, there's less whining that can be done on, uh, from bowlers, you know, uh, being affected by other players. Exactly. And, you know, it's, it's something that I don't understand, and, I, and I'm, I hope that this doesn't come across the, uh, in an in a improper way. But if you listen to somebody that plays the guitar, and misses a note a little bit, you don't think they're very good. If you hear somebody that sings and they miss a note a little bit, you don't think they're very good. If you get a baseball pitcher that can't get it over the plate, you don't think they're very good. You get a batter that can't hit the ball, you don't think they're very good. If anything goes wrong on the, wrong on the lanes, the player believes they're still that good, but everything else around them was wrong. And that attitude needs to change if we really want to grow the sport. Again, Bill Hall joining us at the Above180.com podcast. If you want to take part and, and take advantage of the showcase lanes, go to bowl.com. Uh, they have a great – there's a phone number, an email. You can sign up already. Get your reservations in with Bill Fast because I'm sure they're going uh, quickly. And also make sure you check out – they have a, a new program this year, also the uh, the VIP program uh, where is again, something of great value. Check out bowl.com for all the information on that. Bill, one of the things I wanted to discuss with you in our final minutes here, uh, myself and Joe, we, we started Above180.com. We wanted to help bowlers take their bowling game to that next level. Uh, we started this about almost two years ago, a year and a half ago, and one of the constant themes we hear from bowlers, uh, from coaches rather, uh, when we talk to them is one of the things that holds amateurs back is their timing and balance. Uh, you're, you've traveled all over the world, worked with the best in the world, worked with some bowlers who need help, some amateurs who want to get to that next level. What do you think bowlers can do, though, to help fix their timing? Because it seems like it's a common thread among many amateur players. Well, you know, this is something where it comes down to basically discipline. Um, and that's one of the things that's inside the, the USBC coaching program that's really starting to pop up a little bit. And uh, as a silver certified coach, I'm appreciating that. You know, I, I, I like the fact that they're bringing up the part of discipline. And it really takes a player to get on the lane and break their games down honestly. In other words, if every other sport requires drills, and they all do, I cannot think of any professional sport that does not, that does not require uh, doing some form of a physical training drill, then a player must also, that wants to bowl and raise their game to the next level, needs to learn how to train, use training drills. Because it does correct your game, and it does implement what is supposed to happen instead of the manipulations of a player trying to make something happen. And that's the big thing that I see with a lot of players that struggle with their, with their rhythm or their timing, is they're trying to make it happen, and they bowl from the, the, uh, more from the upper body. And really, all your great players, whether they're past generation, present generation, Tall, small, it makes no difference at all. What it is, is the best players have always bowled with more dominantly with their lower half of their body. And doing drills 
definitely teaches you how to drive the swing more with the lower half than the upper half. Bill Hall, I want to thank you for joining us today. Again, Bill Hall, a USBC certified silver coach, uh, writes for Bowler's Journal Magazine, BTM This Month Magazine. Uh, Bill, uh, promise that you'll join us again. Maybe we'll try to catch up with you during the tournament. Uh, I know you're going to be super busy, but maybe we'll, we'll try to catch up with you, uh, maybe about the halfway point or somewhere of that sort. Uh, just see how things are going with this. And, and uh, again, all the best, continued success. Uh, and, and we hope this is a really uh, a great program that ends up working well for the USBC. I really don't see how, uh, if you're going to the USBC Masters, uh, USBC Open Tournament, that is, you're really going to want to take advantage of this. It comes out to uh, just, it helps you prepare for the lanes. So, uh, Bill, I want to thank you for joining us today. Thank you, gentlemen, so much. I really do appreciate it. And really, yeah, come on out, even if you just want to stop by and see what's going on. Check out the showcase while you they call it the showcase for a reason. You will like it. All right. Thank you, Bill. Thank you. For Tim Berg, Joe Serrar, Bill Hall, good luck and good bowling.